Potty, we're here, mate. Welcome everybody to the Robert Allenby Studio. Uh, how we going, mate? Mate, doing well, doing well. Good week? Yeah, good week. Bit of rain, bit of rain a bit. Bit of rain, mate. Get the gumboots out. Get the gumboots out. That's All happening. Exactly right. Mate, I've got some big news. Big news. Everyone out there? We are going into the live stream game. Ooh, this is exciting. Mate, we are pleased to announce as the sports detention that we'll be streaming our first footy companion. You know when we're doing it? It can only be one date. Mate, the FA Cup final coming up Sunday, the 4th of June. Midnight. Midnight. You know, it's a bit late. Big late one, but, you know, it's good. Get a couple of beers in. If you want to have an Arvo nap, yep. come and join us in with us. That'll be uh, streamed on YouTube. Links will be provided closer to the day. However, we've got some exciting guests that will be joining us as well um, and exciting times for the Sports Attention Potty. Definitely, definitely, mate. Branching out there, showing our range. And a, and a big night for you as a man you support. Well, it could possibly be the worst night of my life, Potty, the way things are going. But, um, you know, I'm going to look at the bright side and say that if anybody's going to stop this uh, Man City machine winning a treble, it's got to be us. That's right. Well, it ain't going to be Arsenal. So, mate, uh, live stream... We're going places, we're mixing it up, but most importantly, let's get into the podcast, eh? Let's. Well, mate, what has caught your eye? What's caught my eye? A few things this week. A few things. It's been a big week. First, Massive week. Oh, huge. First thing that caught my eye took me out to the foot of the mountains, out your way. Mate, God's country out there. Absolutely. Well, technically, it's all God's country, isn't it? Well, that's well. you make a point, don't oh, you? I don't, I'm not going to get all philosophical here. Oh, not this early in the cast. What do we got out? What's happening out at the uh, foot of the mountains? Mate, your boy, Spencer Lenu. What mate, a player. gun. Absolute, Explosive. Absolute gun player. Been doing a hell of a job for the Panthers for the last few years coming off the bench. but yeah. um, Massive player for us. Recently, well, not too recently, a couple of months ago, he signed with the Chuggies for next year. Yeah, very disappointed to see Spencer go. Mm. And there was, you know, a bit of talk around, will he be able to really dig in, put his body on the line for the Panthers? Well, we found out over the course of the last week, didn't we? Not only has he proven that he'll put his body on the line, mm. He's proven he'll bust a nut for the club. Bust a nut? What bust has happened? He has torn a testicle. Oh, he's a blown a nut. rupture. Ruptured testicle, mate. Quite a common injury, actually. Mm, but, ooh, not nice. Noddy a few years ago, I think. Noddy. Um, we spoke about it uh, on a recent episode with uh, Tommy Dearden. Yeah, Tommy Dearden. So, Tommy Dearden, he was a part of our Would You Rather. Yeah, but it stood out to me. Well done, Spencer. Showing you put um, your your body on the line and your balls on the line. Now, now the thing with the ruptured testicle, because we we have heard of it coming around a bit, and usually as men, we just go ruptured testicle, pretty straightforward. Let's just forget about it. And poor bloke, Chris Flannery, ruptured testicle, played the next week in the grand final in uh, 04 with a cup. So this time, potty, when I knew, and I got wind that you might be bringing up the ruptured testicle, I did a bit of research. Oh. 
So should we explore the ruptured testicle just a little bit more for to give our listeners a bit of an idea as to what has gone on in uh, Spencer Lenio's ball bag? Let's do it. So the ruptured testicle is a health emergency where the membrane, so it's not, you know, a broken or a split through the nut. It's the membrane holding the testicle that breaks. So, you know, which can cause some serious issues. Uh, so some common occurrences is if something pierces your scrotum, if your testicle gets hit very hard, which I would assume is the case with Spencer, or if your testicle gets crushed on the bone of your pelvis. Ooh. So, I mean, we're oh, just shivering. Yeah. Now, um, who might have a testicle rupture? Uh, it's more common in adult, adolescents and young adults who play sport. Yeah, so right. a big risk. Yep. So any of you uh, young blokes out there playing sport, just be mindful. Um, although testicle injuries are quite uh, common, rupture is not. Okay, so you know we, we do get hit in the hit the nuts quite quite often as young adults, um, but yeah, often it doesn't result in a rupture. Yep. Now symptoms of co- of, of um, and causes the causes of a ruptured testicle a bite. So if you get scrotum bit, yeah, wow. is down there. Gunshot wound. Well, this must be an American article. This you'd one. have to think so. Uh, kick to your groin. Yeah. Well, stock standard that, and a stab wound is also down there as well. Yeah. So, oh. but um, it actually goes in. This is uh, from the Cleveland Clinic, mate. It actually goes into you could almost self ultrasound. Give yourself a, an ultrasound with the instructions they give you. They even tell you to apply gel to your scrotum. Yep. Gently press the ultrasound wand in different areas of the scrotum at various angles. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it goes right in. Wow. But anyway, so um, yeah, I thought it was the one time that I'd heard about a ruptured testicle that I went, well, I'm going to dive in a bit further here and get a bit more information on this. Yes, I had shivers down my spine the majority of the time, but ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> listeners around, that is the story of the ruptured testicle. There you go, guys, and well done, Spencer. What a half a man he is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. yes. What else we got, mate? Oh, the next one I've got um, is a very sad story. Uh, Rob Burrow. Oh, mate, yeah, I, I, I might end up in tears yeah. after this one, mate. This is, yeah, this will choke you up. Yeah. So, Rob Burrow, for those listeners out there who. Maybe heard of Rob Burrow, but not sure who exactly he is. He played 493 games for Leeds, the Leeds Rhinos, over in the UK Super League. 15 games for England and five further for Great Britain. And, you know, I think you'd fair enough to say played above his weight. His playing weight was about oh, yeah. 66 kilos. So he's 5'5". He's five five. Yeah. Yeah, so a small diminutive player in the Alalanga mould. Um, yeah, he... He always played above his weight. He was a real clever halfback. Um, he, you know, he was never sort of. You, you would say at times he was the best player in the leagues. You know, Leeds picked up a lot of uh, titles whilst he was he yeah, was playing seven right. for Four Leeds. In a row, I think, maybe. Yeah. So, but he, you know, um, you know, he was never sort of the standout. There was always a lot of. Uh, Sort of plaudits went on the forward pack at Leeds, or the or the imports that that were big name. But Rob yeah. Burrow was he was constant. He was you know the gel that linked them all together. Yeah. So he gave it away, uh, rugby league that is, in 2017, and um, two years later in 2019 he was uh, diagnosed with mononeurin disease, mm. uh, and obviously that's had a significant impact on um, his life and the life of um, his family. 
Uh, so what caught my eye, though, was over the weekend, he's great, mate, uh, Kevy Sinfield, Kevin yeah. Sinfield, who played with him at Leeds, I think played 500 games as well. Yeah, so, Sinfield was around for a long time. He's actually uh, the defensive coach at the um, England Rugby at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so... Uh, Kevin Sinfield participated in a marathon over the weekend hmm. and he ran the marathon um, pushing Rob Barrow all the way along with him and just as they got to the finish line, uh, he, he stopped and picked him up and carried him over the line. Mate, and I'm getting shivers down my spine as you yeah, say. Yeah, oh, I, I was tearing up reading it. It was yeah. just a, an amazing story about mateship, friendship and hmm. um, just uh, an incredibly um, sad story as well. Yeah, so it was about 12 months ago was the last time I saw an interview with Rob Burrow and, and it was really coming to the to the, the final stages of him with his speech. Like he was really, really struggling. Um, the BBC did a, an interview with him where he was in Portugal with his family, I believe. Yeah. Um, and it was just, you know, for someone who played so far above their weight, just, you know, showed everything that courage would would demonstrate yeah. throughout his playing career and then two years later to be taking this challenge on like he is. Yeah. And, you know, his wife and kids were just so supportive and yeah. they, were, they were grateful of, of everything they'd had. And, you know, as, a, as parents ourselves, it was, you know, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. And words thing, can't describe. thing that got me was um, the, when he was first diagnosed and he started to feel the effects of mm. this terrible disease was only two years after he was playing a professional sport yeah. at an elite level. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, boys, you're both legends and well done. Oh, absolutely. And um, for anybody uh, who's suffering from, you know, I know obviously the high-profile cases are, are what go, gets publicised, but anybody suffering from uh, motor neurone disease, um, you know, we've got your back. You guys yeah. are your heroes in our eyes. 100%. Um, and the final thing that caught my eye... Um, was uh, in the last 24 hours, uh, there have been reports coming out of uh, Parramatta that um, at the end of the Parramatta game, young Jakey Arthur, who I thought had a pretty good game, mm. um, was walked back out of the sheds and was looking to sign some autographs for some fans. And uh, some of the Parramatta fans started booing him and started giving him yeah. quite a hard time about his performance. Yeah, so, I, mate, I was actually going to look at, you know, dropping a bit of... A bit of a lightheartedness on this later on in our in our rugby league talk, but I'm I'm happy to go with it here. Um, you know, we we did mention last week, uh, you know, prime Arthur time. We've you know the old nepotism argument that we sort of have a laugh with. I you know he runs like a giraffe in, but do you know what Potty? Yeah. He's a giraffe who will play and will have always played more NRL games than I have. Yeah, well, he is he is far better than I am, and you know, for me, you know, I I support players like that. However, as a fan, I was just I'm just making light, you yeah. know. But where these guys have gone on the weekend is just that step too far. Oh, hundred percent. So, like you said, the podcast lighthearted look at Jake Arthur last week, but he's a twenty year old kid who's mm. playing NRL and playing quite well. Uh, for a twenty-year-old twenty-year-old halfbacks going around at the moment, I'd say maybe only Lachlan Ilias mm. um, has his number at the moment. But some of the things that were reportedly being said, I mean, after the game, after he's going out there yeah. doing good things, signing autographs for kids, you guys are pelicans. 
Well, that's that's the thing too. Is uh, you know where I stand when it comes to you know fan banter and and the whole you know you know sports people people take sports you know and they enjoy it. It's it's their favourite pastime for a lot of people. Hence the reason why we do a podcast about it. Yeah. But um, you know, and I feel I'm of the feeling that if you're out on the field. I think fair game. If people pay their money to come and boo me and I'm out on the field, have at it. You know, give me all the curry you want. But when I go into the sheds and then I come back out Mm. to greet the fans, that's my personal life. Yeah. You know, I'm no longer the athlete on the field. That's now my personal life. And I think there needs to be a line where if you're a fan, just like you're in society – if there's someone you disagree with, you don't go and walk up to them and then go and heckle them knowing that you're not going to get a response. Yeah. You know? 100%. What, what you do is you walk away. Yeah, and I've seen teams get booed, teams, mm. uh, at half time because they've come off and the score is 40 nil or something like that. And I understand that from fans. They're not happy oh, with yeah. the performance that's been put in for but the that's team. But the, that's the performance. That's you know, right. this is personal. Yeah. And this is where fans need to pull their heads in. Yeah, and, I I, and I fully agree with you in that. And I think, like I said, you know, it's fighters, it's any sport that, you know, if people pay their hard-earned to come and watch you play it, they, f- you know, at certain points within a certain framework, we, we can get outside of that. And we have seen crowds get outside of that framework. You can do and say whatever you want. Yeah. But... You know, when somebody, when a kid, 20-year-old kid's going out there to sign autographs in his own time, you know, he gets a pass. Yeah. You leave him alone. Well, the, the saddest thing I read in the article was after these guys heckled him and were asked to be quiet and move on, um, apparently a young fan asked him for his autograph and Jake said, oh, are you sure you want it, mate? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'd, if that's the way you've made this kid mm. feel... Maybe not, guys. That's yeah. what I think. And if you're a Parramatta fan and you're around people carrying on like that yeah. and you feel comfortable, go and get stuck into them. Yep. They deserve it. All right, mate. Well, that's what's caught my eye. Well, um, mate, what about you this week? Mate, I'm going to try and rev it up a bit here, mate. Um, I know we've been, you know, a bit hypercritical to start, but I'm going to continue that. Why not? <laughs> I'm going to talk architecture, mate. Architecture. It caught my eye this week. Um, so there's discussions around the ground. I don't know if you've heard this within the NRL for an upgrade to the home ground of the Canberra Raiders. Mm, yes. So there's been a bit of a talk. Um, so according to the Canberra Times, Bruce Stadium, Bruce. Yeah. So it's in the in the city of Bruce. Yeah. Um, Bruce Stadium. Uh, the NRL has lambasted. Ooh, lambasted. The uh, the facilities for not f- being fit for purpose. Okay, including the Greg and Larkham stand. Mm. Oh, rugby's going to be upset. They are going to be fuming. Now, Bruce Stadium has been a home of the Raiders since their move from Seaford Oval yep. in Queanbeyan. I've actually played at Seaford Oval. Good That's, spot. Yeah, it's, I, I loved playing in Canberra in winter because yeah. it's cold. Like, yeah. And I don't know, I just every time I played down there, it just, yeah, there was something about it. It was, it was moist, it was cold, and I enjoyed my footy down there anyway. Um, not saying that I played any good footy, that's for sure. <laughs> Probably wasn't a far cry from the um, bit of cold of the uh, the West, though, was it, mate? Oh, mate, yes. Uh, the Crisp Kingsway playing touch on a Thursday night. Everybody knows about that. <laughs> um, I'm going to rip in straight here, Potty. Parramatta Stadium, Bruce Stadium, the Sydney Football Stadium. If you were an architect working on a stadium design in the 70s and 80s, you should be ashamed of yourself. You failed. 
<laughs> the money wasted on stadiums within that era makes me sick. How can you get it so wrong? They are all shit house. Hence the reason two of them have been knocked down already. And they're begging for the third one. Of them. <laughs> and they're not capable for, uh, capable for catering for professional sports, mate. MCG, the G, the holy grail for our southern friends, our listeners down in, the, uh, in Mexico. Built in 1854, potty. A few Renos, a bit of DIY, thriving. Old Trafford, old Mm. Trafford, home of the greatest football team the world has ever seen, Potty. Built in 1910, bombed during World War II. To this day, it is still renowned as the theatre of dreams. Thriving. Yep. Suncorp Stadium, mate. This one hurts me. The pride of Queensland. Oh. Built in 2001. The old SFS, Sydney Football Stadium, was built in 1988. What happened in that 13 years? Because what they produced in 1988 was absolute ass pie. And what they produced at Suncourt was a perfect catered football stadium for rugby league. Nailed it. Unbelievable. So if you were an architect and uh, you were working in design in the 70s and 80s, you idiot. You've dropped the ball. <laughs> you have dropped the ball. Probably uh, made yourself a pretty dollar, but I'm sure, the ball. yeah, they don't miss. Um, another thing, mate, that's caught my eye, the media. Now, this is a very general term, and this could be, uh, yes, it could be taken in many different ways, but I'm, I'm going to focus in on, on the NFL draft again, mate. Yep. So NFL draft reporter, I don't know if you picked up on this one, Bridget Condot. She gave us a real insight into Jalen Carter's most impressive stats. I've got a video, mate. I'm going to run it through to you. You ready for it? I'm ready. hearing is Jalen Carter, the D-tackle from Georgia, just won a national championship with the Bulldogs. Big dick, big guy, 6'3", 315 pounds. He could make an immediate impact. Big dick, big guy. Wow. Well, I mean, the the hard stats, should we say, (laughs) or is that going too far? Well, she did mention he could make an immediate impact. (laughs) Impact being the key term there. So, well... Bridget, well done. You have made our day. So, I mean, it made me think, mate, what are some of the best on-air moments that you've seen? Well. You know? I mean, I've, I've had a dig at a few. Remember the Ray Warren one? Oh, yes. When he's... It's uh, one of the, the, the greatest rabbits. So Carmichael Hunt on yeah. the kick, to, kick return. <laughs> oh, oh, I bet he never lived that one down, yeah, rabbits. He was hearing about that. Oh, very good. Yeah, but an, a consummate professional just yep. kept going. Um, mate, this one's from the old dart. Uh, do you know John Motson? John Motson, old, he was a real, you know, if you played the FIFA games as a young fella in the, like, the late 90s, he was the commentator before yeah, yeah, Martin okay. Tyler took over. Yeah. So he's got a real synonymous voice with FA Cup, you know, John Motson. Um, 
great, great commentator. However, one of his comments, and you just cannot get video or audio of this. So, I mean, that's how much power John Motson has. They've just tucked it away, and he's so well-respected. So I'm going to read a quote. For those of you watching in black and white, Spurs are in the all yellow. (laughs) 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 So there there might be some listeners listening to this just going, black and white, what? And I will tell you that as a youngster, that was the first TV that I had in my room was a black and white TV. It was a ripper. I was, mate, I was so crunk. And the fact that I had my own TV as a young fella, I had it just on a little stool at the end of my bed. I used to be able to stay up and watch the Carlton United series. Oh, yeah. The one day as over summer. It was, um, yeah, the old, um, yeah, the old TV. The black and white. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Just had to hold them right in the right spot, maybe get a coat hanger out if need be. Now, if my mum's listening to this, she's probably just going to – some steam's going to come out of her ears because due to the technology at the time, her phone calls used to actually come through the audio of the TV as well. So you'd be able to listen to – if she was on the phone in the other room, this is old technology, mm. you'd be able to listen to her phone calls mm. and get all the goss as well. So, yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a bit of different, different stuff, the old black and white. Oh, yeah. Mate, uh, another one, the South Sydney Live Cross after they won the Premiership in 2014. Have you seen this one, mate? I have seen Yeah, so the old mate, they're out the front of the pub. They've obviously been on the Barry Bender and uh, the News Cross comes in and it is just stuff of beauty. 43 years worth of partying in So they're all dancing behind in the back and then old mate just slides in. There's plenty of random South guy here and then a random little South guy comes out for a dance. So strides straight down around the ankles, undies down and then the old helicopter. And it's just plain sight, live cross, just a Johnson swinging up and down. Oh. Mate, so that was a, another classic. Um, you got any, mate? Well, mate, what about um, what about our good mate Ricky Stewart? Oh, are we talking the Jamin Salmon incident? Fairly recent, this one, just last year. Let it, let's let it roll, eh? Let's let it roll. I know that kid very well. He's, he was a weak gutted dog as a kid, and he hasn't changed now. He's a weak gutted dog person now. Oh, that's Ooh. honesty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. nobody has ever accused Ricky Stewart of not being honest. No. He tells it how he feels. He's a passionate man, but whoa. Shoots it straight, mate. I'm going to counter that with someone who, another person who tells it how it is, Harry Redknapp. Harry Redknapp, the, uh, this is when he was managing Southampton. So he's getting an interview when he's on the training paddock and um, he's just talking to the journo and, you know, Managers back in Red Knapp's day, Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, those types of managers, they ruled with an iron fist. Yep. And uh, the journos knew who was boss. Have you seen this one, mate? We, we lost Festival with a knee injury, a ligament injury. He's having a scan today. I'm just hoping it's not as serious as we think it might be. So he's certainly not going to be around. Harry Anderson's done a groin. So he's just been hit by the ball. Still got control of him when you're not looking. you kicked that over here? Huh? What? You tried kicking the goal when you hit me? There's some fucking brains, didn't you? 
Sorry, uh, just the last word then on, on Wolves. It, it's a it's a big game, a game at Molyneux, big crowd. Uh, it, it's a big match for you. Yeah, it's a big match. No wonder he's in the fucking reserves. <laughs> <laughs> so red, uh, Oh, uh, Harry uh, doesn't pull any punches, mate. <laughs> no wonder why he's in the reserves. Oh, and mate. I'm pretty sure that that, uh, that fellow, I'm not too sure if they, number one, owned up to it in uh I certainly in public, don't think but, I would have been. Uh, yeah, they'll probably shipped off pretty soon. Is that all you got, mate? Anything? Now, the greatest moment. So we'll, we'll bring it all back. We'll tie it all back into the draft. And the greatest moment of the draft, the combine. Mm. We love the combine. Now... At the Combine, do you remember athlete? His name skips me. Chris Jones. Chris Jones. So Chris Jones is running the 40-yard dash. Big fella. 6'5", 310. D-tackle. Let's have a look at him run. Let's see what came out this year. He's what really with him highly run. recruited kid. He's almost six six, three ten. He's, he's a little high hip. You can see how long legged he is. He's a little stiff in the hips, but boy, is he stout again. Ooh. Dives onto his guts at the end. Well, he's laughing. <laughs> all right, trainer's there. Let's take a look, but it looks like he's all right. So we get the slow motion really replay here, and as we can run. see him High running, we notice that his wow. snorkel that just comes flying out of <laughs> the spandex. <laughs> and uh, Chris Jones, he, you know, he had, unfortunately had to deal with the keel as he was running there because uh, yeah, he was running and he had some uh, some of his tackle hanging down. So uh, yeah, if you ever want to check those ones out, there, there, all those videos can be found on on the great resource of YouTube. All right, mate. I think that'll do us for what's caught our eyes. Should we get into the footy, mate? Let's get stuck into the footy. The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here! Rightio, mate. What did you think of the footy on the weekend? Catch yeah. a few games? Yeah, caught up most of the games this week. It was an interesting round. It, it was the first round of the year where I thought I found it a bit of a challenge to pick the match of the round. Mm. So, predicted match of the round. Had the Panthers versus Roosters. Well, that didn't live up to expectations, didn't it, Gregor? No. Uh, the, yeah, the Roosters were poor. Yeah, so, as I said, slim pickings for me for the first time uh, this year. Mm. Um, we'll go through the matches just quickly. Um, the Storm got over uh, the Broncos 24-16. Yep. The Bulldogs went down to the Warriors 24-12. Your Penny Panthers, mate, big win, 48-4 to four winners over the Roosters. Thought it would be a better match than that. I did think the Panthers would get over the top, but I thought it would be a better match than that. Yeah, the Roosters seem to be struggling at the moment. They do. Rabbits, 20-0 to the Tigers, just too good. Uh, the Cowboys, and another good win for them. Maybe getting their season back on track, 42-22 to 22 over the Dragons. The Eels went down to the Raiders, 26-18. Tough loss for um, mm. the Matters. Uh, the Knights rebounded after some uh, some bad press. Yeah. And then won a 46-2. Uh, that was a bizarre game, that oh. one. Like, I mean... 
if you you're the Titans and you're scoring twenty six points, you go well. We're right in this. Yeah. If you're conceding forty six, you're not right. right in this. No, I mean that's that's just seventy two points in the game of football. Yeah, that is a lot of lot of points. So I actually thought the Titans were going to come right over the top at uh, half time, but then they just started bleeding in defence and they couldn't stop it. Mm. And then another unusual game to finish off with. Um, Manly beating Cronulla twenty to fourteen out there at Brookvale. Beautiful, and mate. I think they were up twenty to two, and and then yeah, the Sharks rallied. Yeah, but um, yeah, Manly. Oh, good. sorry, oh. no, I, I got that wrong. Manly won. Um, uh, sorry, Sharks won twenty to um. Oh, sorry, yeah, twenty twenty to fourteen. So Sharks were up twenty nil or twenty to two, and then came back and um, Manly um, uh, nearly well. It made for an entertaining finish. And then, of course, the mighty Redcliffe. They had the bye, mate. Now, they, the Redcliffe Dolphins came very close to being my match of the round, mm. beating the bye, yeah. just because they got out in the outback, as we talked last lesson. Uh, not last lesson. <laughs> last episode. Um, they went out to the outback. They went up to the Northern Territory. They ripped in, did some community work, which was fantastic. So... Well, I could have almost given them match of the round with the hard pickings. But how'd you go, mate? You pre- predicted the Panthers, the Roosters. Mm. What'd you go with? Mate, I did end up going with the Broncos versus the, versus the Storm because it was fairly close. Yep. I, I've just got to say, I, I think the refereeing ruined that match. Yeah. I, I really felt ripped off as a fan looking forward to a, a really good match. Mm. And some of the refereeing calls I just could not understand. Um, consistency is just not there. Paddy Carrigan sin binning. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's basically slipped. Yeah, he slipped and he's landed somewhere near his legs. Yeah, and and the issue is, is with this is the fact that we're true as neutrals in a game like this. You're trying to get a read on the Broncos, mm. and then that's completely taken away from you because what could have potentially been a really big win down in Melbourne, now is, oh, well, you're unlucky because the refs bottled it. Yep. You know, which is unfair across the board. Yeah, so that was my much of the round, but to be honest, I, I was left a little bit disappointed. I, I thought, um, you know, and the, bar- uh, the the biased Parramatta fan might be coming out in me a little bit, but I thought the refereeing in the, that game as well was, mm. I'll say, confusing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so... That's where I was at. The hip drop, oh, I've just got absolutely no idea. So. Uh, neither do the officials. Yep. And um, that comes from the no idea that's passed on from the people who are informing them of what they need to go and do, which, I mean, they, they're Voldemort. Nobody talks about them. No. Nobody knows who they are. Yep. What I will say is, though, in the post-match presses, um, I've never seen Brad Arthur or Kevin Walters bag out the referees. They're the type of coaches. I've heard others. I've heard mm. uh, Ricky have you say. I've heard Robbo have you say. They generally um, wear it. They generally wear it. They mm. generally cop it on the chin. No excuses. This club, both of them, had a chop at the decisions yep. over the weekend. So two in a weekend, two who you've never heard do it. Yeah. I find that interesting. What about you, though, mate? Who's your... Um... Mate, though, I had the prediction of the Storm the Broncos, um, but I'm going to go for something different, mate. Um... I am going to go with, and this is about a bit out of left field, I'm going to go with the Rabbits-Tigers. Yeah, right. 
simply because I think even though the score was 20-0, I think the Tigers were better than 20-0. They, you know, for them, for the Rabbits in the position they're in and for the Tigers to be in the position they are in and the Tigers to hang with them like they did and really, you know, at least be competitive throughout the whole game was really, really impressive. And, you know, just a good battle, good physical battle. So Yeah, the Tigers are playing well at the moment and they're playing physical through the middle. Whether they can sustain it, I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah. But um, I, it to me, it looked like a team that has been playing together for the better part of five, six years, and a team that's been mm. coming together for maybe the last twelve months. Yeah, and it's all well and good for me to say that that's a match of the round and you're stuck in it. But at the end of the day, it's there's no two points. No. Don't get that, and you know you're still at the wrong end of the table. So, but it was it was just a good match, and um, you know I think Souths are in good form at the moment, and uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see where they go from here, especially around the origin period. Yep. Are they in good form at the wrong time of the year? Mm. I mean, St George Illawarra have been in that sort of form traditionally for decades. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The May Premiers. The May Premiers. And uh, other big news in rugby league world. Speaking of St George Illawarra, mate, he's been done. He's hooked. Hooked. Hooked's got the hook. Mate, this was your call in one of our original episodes. It was. That hook. Uh, yeah, they weren't going to, you know, they weren't being decisive on hook. Mm. And, I mean, after the dribble of the last few weeks, is he coming, is he going? They've finally pulled the pin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what's the point? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're playing terribly. Yeah. And... But but where to? But is that move? gonna is that gonna change if they get a new coach in? Yeah, are they gonna get a bounce or do you go look hook, see out your contract? Yeah. And during you know as a part of you seeing out your contract and us giving you the ability to coach this side for the rest of the year, we may be foregoing a chance of making the finals. Yeah. However, we would like you as a gesture of goodwill, you know which he'd probably go, well, that's not goodwill because you're going to sack me. But yes. anyway, it's a, it's an unusual gesture gesture of goodwill. We want you to start implementing this, this, this and this yeah. for the next coach that we've already identified. We've got them in and around the organisation or at least in communication with us. That would be what a smart football department would do, but I don't know whether they have really gone down that road. Yeah, well, it's, it's hard to... It's hard to imagine them doing anything smart over at the Dragons at the mm. moment because they seem to be making the same mistakes um, year after year. We went yeah. through this a couple of seasons ago with Mary, but Hook has pretty much been in his job in jeopardy at this time of year every year since yeah. he's been there. So it, it's troubling, I'd imagine, for a... Um, and then all the all the shitty press comes out around that, like, I mean, the the garbage over the weekend about Ben Hunt's 300th dinner, you know, the fact that, yeah. you know, members of the board did make an effort to go, which is, you know, un, unusual and it's, you know, not knowing the ins and outs of it, it doesn't appear right. No. You know, if someone, regardless of how many of those 300s played for your club, you know, you, you're at least going to, you know, give them a respect of being there. Yeah, oh, 100%. So where to for Hook now? Well, yeah, I I, I'm not too sure, mate. Um, you know, from, I would say, experience and from what I've heard and seen, 
Anthony Griffin is really, really good working with young footballers. Um, but does that put him in this perpetual position of being a rebuild coach for somebody else to come in and, and take over the reins and do the final or it just getting too much and, you know, the players who he's brought in and, and groomed then get the power and then he gets ousted, you know. it's It seems to be a pretty poor cycle that he's finding himself in with the jobs that he's getting. So, yeah, maybe his future lay is in junior development, junior pathways for... Yeah. So just, just on that... Um, Hook Anthony Griffin. He um, uh, started up at the um, well, started becoming known up at the Broncos, hmm. and he coached their two thousand and eight Toyota Cup or Holden Cup under twenties. You remember the old under twenties yep. competition? Yeah. So I'm just going to go through a few names that he brought through back then. The fullback in their grand final team that year, they went down to Canberra. We had a cracking team as well. Josh Hoffman. Yep. On the wing, one of the wings. Jarao Yao Yi. Yeah, you could play. Halfback, Ben Hunt. Front row, Josh Maguire. Hooker, Andrew McCulloch. Lock forward, Alex Glenn. On the bench, Demarnus Louis. Like, those are all players. Yeah, there so a who lot of played, players who played grade. Yeah, and I'm talking 200 odd games mm. for a lot of them, or very 150, 200. Yeah, games. they've had established careers. Yeah, so maybe that's where Hook ends up because I don't think he's going to be lost to the game, but I think maybe that's his last crack at head coach. Yeah, there's a there's a place for him, and and I think um, if clubs start going down the path that you know, in my opinion, they should go down. People like uh, or you know, minds like Hook are going to be priceless. Yeah. You know the people who can come in and can recruit and develop good young players because that's where, you know, your star power is going to come from, yeah. from bringing from within, not buying from other clubs. Yeah, 100%. Mm. All right, mate. And anything else happening in the world of rugby league that has... Mate, so the Bali saga continues. Oh. So the Bali saga continues. So, mate, I had to... Just scrolling through the social media feed yesterday and I came across, you know, this this rebuttal to the uh, to the heat that uh, the Newcastle Knights were getting and it was uh, from Bradman Best that he'd, he'd done an interview and basically suggested that, you know, contrary to, to common thought, you know, I was actually having a relaxing time over in Bali. Um, you know, I was helping a mate... No, not waiting for a mate. He was helping a mate. Helping apparently. a mate. So apparently he was getting a new tattoo. Mm. That was, you know. Bit of ink. Part one. Yeah, bit of ink. Bit of leg tat. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, but he was also assisting a friend named Yoki building a house. Right. Now, it had me thinking, why was Bradman best building the house? I mean, Newcastle have a pretty strong sponsorship deal with McDonald Jones. Mm. I mean, surely he could get a house and land package shipped over to Yoki over there. Yep. I mean, pretty cheap. You know, third-party arrangement sort of deal. Yep. Um, and he just basically said, look, I was over there trying to help him and his family out and I'm getting all this grief for basically going to Bali during my week off. You know, it's... The post, I, I went through the comments because I love doing that because it's a good laugh. Yeah, it's good value. 
And, uh, you know, numerous calls from the public, you know, suggesting that an apology is in order from especially the NRL 360, the Fox Sports journalist crew, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, Bradman was over there doing, you know, outreach work, yep. essentially, with Balinese locals. Um, Rumours suggest that he had the tool belt and the trowel in hand and yeah, he right. was using his own hands yep. to build. Um that's rumours. I can't. That's allegedly. I can't confirm that. But um, mate, where I'd go with that is, I am just sick of the Newcastle Knights thinking we are all fucking morons. <laughs> what is ser- What is wrong with that football club? Is there like a bubble of idiocracy that goes over the Hunter region? Yeah. Because seriously. First, you try and tell us that Kalen Ponga had a bit of food poisoning. That's why he was with his mate in a cubicle, which oh, everybody knows is bullshit. Like, I'll throw an allegedly, allegedly in there, but everybody knows it was bullshit. Allegedly, everyone knows it was bullshit. But then to put this on us and go, like, be grown-ups and go, hey, if you're Kalen Ponga in that scenario, you just go, look, oh, it happened. You know, at the end of the day, I'm going to move on from it. I don't want to talk about it. You do whatever, deflect, do whatever you want. That's fine. But just lying and thinking people are idiots, mm. you know, is it's insulting. But also, too, with this one, just say, hey, it was a club decision, the fact that we got leave to go to Bali and we chose to go there. Yep. You know, the Dolphins made the decision to go and do community outreach in the Northern Territory and work with, you know, run clinics for Indigenous communities. That was their choice as a club. But don't go turn it around and make it out as if, you know, we're idiots and going, oh, you shouldn't be giving us a hard time because I was just, you know, recovering, getting a tat and helping build a house. Oh, I don't understand why they said anything. It was done. They came back and pasted the Titans. It was gone. That's it. You know why they said stuff, mate? Why? Because they are so self-absorbed that they think that everybody's still got a problem when people are just trying to move on. They've had their piece and they should have just copped the criticism on the chin because it was warranted. It was warranted. Cop the criticism on the chin and move on. You know, but what they want to do, and it's very, very synonymous with the society that we live in, they wanted to kick back and go, oh, yeah, but I was doing good things. Don't care. Don't care. But anyway, moving on from that... um, so this will be the last we talk about the Bali saga, but, you know, I look forward to the next time Newcastle have a media release and they try to make it out as if the world that revolves around them are a pack of absolute imbeciles. Oh, it's happening. It'll come. Matey, round 12. Round 12. What do we got? All right. So um, matches coming up this week. Uh, Broncos versus the Panthers. Ooh. Mm, yes, that, that's got potential. Panthers got rolled by him in round one. Bit of a shock to everyone. Yep. But um, Broncos are a bit of a win-loss win-loss sort of a scenario going on at the moment. So they're really going to need to... They're going to be up for it, I think. I think it's going to be a cracking game. Yeah. Roosters versus Dragons. Well, once a coach is sacked, that fixes all problems. So oh, I mean, they'll win by 40. They'll win by 40 without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Rabbits versus the Eels. Oh, oh, look, mate. Tough match for the Eels, mate. 
Not not what we need. We've but an opportunity. an opportunity. Let's look, let's look at glass half full, brother. Yeah, I'm not going to look at um, a few of the injuries we're going on, a few of the lost players that we've moved on from last year, and I'm certainly gonna, not going to look at the fact that CS have won 11 of the last 12-ish. So that, we're not going to focus on those things. Jake Arthur, six Dally M points, because yep. they give double now, don't they? There's two voters. Yeah. They do. Six Dally M points, just a good old-fashioned... Suck it to the yep. crowd <laughs> at the end. Winning try or something. Just just really stick it into those those Muppets who are getting stuck into him. What do you reckon? Well, I think Mitch Moses might be back, so... Oh, oh no. Oh, God, I haven't seen the team this. Ah, <laughs> oh, you idiot. I haven't seen it either, So, but I, I think he was only out for a week, so... Oh, jeez, it sounded good, though, didn't <laughs> it? It did, mate. I, did. Oh. I probably should have let you roll with it, but... Uh, anyway. Um... The Sharks v the Knight up in uh, Coffs Harbour. Yes. And um, then you've got the Tigers versus their Cows. Oh, I'll tell you what. That's a, yeah. And that home home game for the Tigs. Yeah. Is it out Leichhardt? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Probably but, um, not. No, it's not on a Sunday afternoon, so probably not. Bank West, I'd say. Bank West. Uh, Redcliffe versus the Storm. Ooh, I'm looking forward to seeing that match. Mm. Uh, doggies versus It's like um, The Storm versus The Storm A The Storm versus The Storm A <laughs> Like the old fashioned One day matches Australia versus Australia A Yeah didn't they, they Australia nearly got their pants oh, Pulled down mate. a few times I think They had some good cricketers um, Doggies versus the Titans Then you've got The Raiders versus Manly And the Warriors Versus the Bye Good on your Warriors You won't get the Uh won't have to worry about the rub of the green in that one. No, you don't need the rub of the green. Mate, I've gone for the Broncos versus the Panthers. Um, I think we'll see what the uh, Broncos are made of. I know Penrith are in some good form. Yeah, mate, can't disagree. This, yeah. is, this is going to have to be the match of the round. I think so. But another special thing happening next round, round 12, it's Indigenous round. Mm. So uh, it got me thinking. About uh, my favourite Indigenous player of all time. There's been some crackers. There have been some crackers. I think back to the 90s, I, I remember loved watching Cronulla play and I loved David Peachy. Yes, yeah. yes. Such a high-quality player. Uh, Nathan Merritt from South, a yeah. try-scoring machine. But um, I couldn't go past the Pearl, Steve Renoff. Oh, yes. So growing up, um, starting playing football locally in the, in the 90s, mm. Uh, Steve Renoff and his ability to score tries from anywhere on the field. I can remember in the backyard with my brother or down um, the footy park with, with the boys, with with the footy team, with the mates, trying to recreate um, Steve Renoff's length of the field try in the 92 grand he, final. He would score them from anywhere, Renoff. And if he got an inch of space, yep. he just had that acceleration yeah, that early acceleration that was just you couldn't reel it in. Yeah, and I, I can still vividly remember. Hop on YouTube if you haven't seen it. Steve Runoff, ninety-two grand final oh, try, yes. Broncos' first grand final runaway. Ricky Walford chasing him down, just got him right at the end, but it was mm. too late. It was yeah. So for me, he was just another good player, Ricky Walford. Oh, wasn't he? Wasn't he? But Steve Runoff, just an absolute um, fantastic player. Mm. What about you, mate? Mate, this one was very hard to choose. Um, you know, I think simple, simply because of the style of rugby league Indigenous players bring, you know, it is so exciting. And, I mean, you've only got to jump on and watch the knockout. 
you know, on ABC when they put those on. Like, yeah. it's, you know, or the NITV. Like, it is just good, hard and flamboyant footy. Yeah, it's great to it's watch. fantastic. Um, you know, crowd-pleasing. But um, unquestionable talent like Owen Craigie and Andrew Walker. Yeah, I've heard of, yeah, I've heard Owen Craigie be described by, I think, the likes of Matty and Andrew Johns as being the most talented player. Freak. Ever. Yeah. So I think he, he was playing great at 16. Yeah. yeah. Australian schoolboys possibly three years in a row. Yeah. Which is, like, I mean, it's just, yeah, unfathomable, like yeah. how much talent and how well-developed Owen Craigie was in those early days. Um, Try-scoring exploits, mate. Nathan Blacklock, Reese Wesser. Yeah. Oh, Dally M winners, Preston Campbell, Cliffy Lyons, uh, Jonathan Thurston. Yep. Club legends. You said the peach. Yep. Jonathan, uh, Chica Ferguson. Yep. Grafton Boy and Wendell Saylor. But there are so many more, Potty. The list is endless, but I couldn't go past one man. Leo Denver. Leo Denver. Leo Denver. So for our many of our listeners, they'd be going, what are you talking about, Leo Denver? So he was the unsung hero of Newcastle's first premiership. The 97 grand final. The 97 the, grand final. The greatest you go, grand final of all time, some say. The greatest grand final of all time. Now, if you look at the stats for that year, matches played, Leo Denver played 19 first-grade matches at halfback, partnering Matthew Johns in the halves. Andrew Johns played nine matches. Well, you just don't remember that, do you? No. All you remember is down the blind side in the grand final. Andrew Johns does not throw that pass to Darren Albert after cutting Manly down the guts without Leo Denver getting them to the grand final. He played in the prelim final. Yeah, Andrew Johns played the grand final with a punctured lung. Mm. Leo Denver was, he had the season of his life that year and he set it up for Newcastle to go and win that premiership. Now, after that, he signed a big money deal for the West Magpies, played two seasons and he was off into the wilderness after that. It didn't really work too well for him. But, you know, just the legendary tale of Leo Denver. And, you know, just from all reports that I hear was just a great fella too. Um, Probably deserved the stories. a final ring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, um, you know, I, I love sort of stories, tales, yarns like that. And, and Leo Denver's an absolute cracker. Well, mate, that just about take care of footy for us? <laughs> Takes care of the footy, mate. We really nailed it in today. What do we got, mate? Streaming. So you'd be having anything uh, tickling your fancy on the entertainment side of things this week, Potty? What yeah, do you mate, got? I threw something uh, a little bit different out there. I've hopped onto KO Sport. Oh, yes. And I've, I love myself a good documentary, a good sport documentary. And um, 30 for 30, oh, ESPN. Mate, they don't miss. Have you, been down, have you been down that tunnel before? I have been down that rabbit hole many a moon. Well... Woo! Oh, yes, Nate. The Nature Boy, Rick oh, Flair. One of the greats. Well. We love Rick Flair here at the Sport Detention. Absolutely love Rick Flair. And uh, for those of you out there who are not sure who Rick Flair is, I mean, come on. Yeah, but I mean, we're talking to nobody here. Yeah. Uh, he's the greatest professional wrestler in history. The Nature Boy. 
a very brutally honest assessment of his life. Mm. Um, he talks about the history of the business, starting in the territory promotions uh, before becoming the face of WCW. He talks about his big rivalry with uh, Dusty Rhodes and yeah. how they went back and forth. Um, so, so something about like even the nature of the business and the way the wrestling business works that a lot of people don't realise is if you go to wrestlers sort of even their Wikipedia profile, it's there's a lineage mm. of who coaches you and who teaches you to wrestle. Like it is it's an old fashioned lineage. Like you come from schools of wrestling. So yeah. even though it's choreographed, they yeah, yeah. you know, they call it which, you know, it goes right into about that. But, you know, there is tradition and and, you know, a certain lineage that will follow and coach wrestling. So it's it's an interesting culture. You hear about the the Heart Dungeon and the yeah. wrestlers that they've produced. Um, yeah, so I found it a really interesting tale because it talked about how wrestling used to be, how there used to be these small promotions um, basically in the territories where you'd move mm. around and um, you'd be famous in one and perhaps not well known in another. And then wrestling really started in the 80s to, to take the spotlight and there was the WCW versus the WWF. Mm. Hogan versus Flair. Yeah. And they never really met up too much in those early days. No, and this was – so people are probably going, WWF, hold on a second, what, the Pandas? Yeah. Yeah, this was before the – W. this was the World Wrestling Federation before That's they right. had their name stolen by uh, the animal rights movement or whatever, the WWF, are they the – World Wildlife Foundation. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the WWF for me will always be – the Rock. He will always be mankind. Stone cold Steve Austin. <laughs> but anyway, say so let's save the pandas as well. Um, yeah, and basically what you saw on screen with Ric Flair, the jet flying, oh. wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, son Woo! of a gun. Oh. That was him. He's that having him a hard in... time holding those alligators <laughs> down. That was him Woo! in real life. That was... Who mm. he was, and that uh, role we 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 unfortunately um, got to hear about some of the um, the toll that that took on him and his family. Yeah, and basically not playing a significant role in the lives of uh, some of his children. He's been married about five times. Yeah, uh, lost his son um, uh, at a yeah. very young age as well. You know that was a part of the documentary where I was like, oh, you know, like it's. It's quite heavy yeah. um, because not only, you know, the relationship he had with his son, yeah. um, but also to the fact that he had an older son that, you know, he had such a fractured relationship with, but he, you know, he was almost like at a different stages of his life where mm -hmm. he was managing being a parent yeah. and, you know, the tragic ending to that. But, you know, going back to even the fact that he was adopted. Yeah, you know, yeah. It wasn't revealed to him till he was ten years old, and you know his family were were very much you know musical. Didn't have the same interests. weren't sporty. He loved sport. He loved wrestling. Played football, track. You know, the fact that he struggled with that connection with his own parents who adopted him. Yep. You know, and how that sort of manifested itself into his own parenting journey and and how he went was it was quite interesting. Yeah, and. Uh you know, one of the most interesting things um, Ric Flair said as he was being interviewed was uh, the day that he became the Nate, Ric mm. Flair, uh, Richard Flair, he's died 
And yeah. Yeah. So, and that's who he is. Like yeah. it's, but but when you think about, it, like you think about Ric Flair, and this is this is the the crazy nature of Conor McGregor. NFL superstars, NBA players, you name them, hip hop artists, Snoop Dogg, you know, was in the documentary. They all got it from Ric Flair. Yeah. You know, that bravado, that that brash talking, you know, and he the crazy thing is Ric Flair lived that shit. He did. He lived it. You know, he Ric Flair on monogamy. I tried it for a bit, but I was miserable. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, I was going to work hard. You know, I'd go out there and I'd work hard, but then at the end of the day when we got out of there, I'd play harder. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the fact that the story Went to a doctor one time, oh, how much do you drink? Oh, you know, 14 or 15 beers? What a week? No, a day. Well, you can't keep that up. Well, I've been doing it for five years. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody stopped me. Yeah. But, uh, you know, even the, the stories from the locker, the locker room, I mean, he's dicking chicks down with his alligator loafers and a robe on and then coming out. Yeah. And just, woo, to everybody then go out and wrestle. Like this, it was just crazy. Like it was exhausting listening to the documentary. Oh, it was. It was, <laughs> it was, yeah. And if for anyone out there who's not a big pro- professional wrestling fan or too young to remember Ric Flair, jump on, um, jump online, just look up a couple of his promos oh, and mate. you'll understand why some of the, the big star Snoop Dogg looked to Ric Flair. Yeah, and it was really – I thought it did a really good job, the documentary, because I'd watched it a long time ago and then I, I sort of revisited it over the weekend. But, um, you know, the fact that even though Ric Flair was so selfish as a father and he openly admits that he was, you know, he was a shit dad. Mm. He was so selfish as a father, but all of his colleagues in the industry – talked about the profound generosity that he had in his performance where he would make them better at the, as a result of him looking bad. Yeah. So it was really, really crazy when I'm watching, I'm like, like, this guy is so selfish and he's, you know, the way he treats his own family, but his family were wrestling. Like yeah. that was his life. And like he was saying, like the nature was born. He was the nature boy. That was it. He was never dad or Richard Flair. You know, it's yeah. I mean, yeah, oh, it was a it's a ripper. Yeah, go and check it out. Yeah, thirty definitely. by thirty. Um, you know, and obviously the part losing his son and how tragic yeah. that was for him. But then also to kicking it, his daughter, who now wrestles in the in the WWE, and you know the the pride that he has in her achieving her goals, which were never her goals to be a wrestler, is no. is pretty interesting. And as she's well. pretty much turned into. He, he's the greatest of all time, widely acknowledged. Mm. And she may well be the greatest of all time by the time she's finished as well. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a great watch. Um, so 30 for 30, The Nature Boy. Mate, it's, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't speak of it highly. Happy days. Mate, should we get into the, uh, the footy? Let's make it happen. Well, mate, the Premier League wrap, it is getting down to the nitty-gritty, mate. Uh, yeah. Most sides, two games to go, yeah. some with a midweek catch-up. Uh, I know United's got one. But uh, a big weekend of matches. 
Huge, huge. So um, let's run through them now. Uh, Leeds uh, versus Newcastle, two all. So uh, uh, an important point there for Leeds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gives them hope. Gives them hope. Uh, Villa, uh, two one over versus Spurs. They keep on keeping on. They keep on keeping on. Um, Chelsea and Forest. How did that end up? So Chelsea, uh, they got the win there. They so got the win. So Frankie. Was it two one or no? It was two all, wasn't it? Um, Chelsea, yeah. come on! It was. Hold on. This is fantastic podcast. This. I'll keep going. And keep going, mate. And I'll jump is, in um, with it. Palace has gotten over. Yeah, it was two all. Two, two all. Two all. And Palace over Bournemouth, uh, two nil. And the same for your your boys, United, two nil over Wolves. Yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, the uh, producer of this show has just been sacked. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, and then Fulham beat Southampton two nil as well. And Brentford, 2-0 over West Ham. The bees. Uh, City, too good for the Toffees. Oh, mate, and this is going to be discussed in depth in our multi It certainly will be. It certainly will be. And then, oh, the heartbreak. Brighton, 3-0 over Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Anyway, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. And uh, Liverpool, 3-0 over Leicester. They're putting the foot on the throat, Liverpool. They're both United and Newcastle sitting in third and fourth. Um, They're looking over their shoulders at the moment. Yep. Um, Match the round, mate. Who'd you go for? um, Mate, I went for Man U versus Wolves. So, solid performance uh, from your boys, Grego, um, as they really need... To keep the wins going, don't they? Oh, I mean, they, yeah. There's no. It's uh, it's squeaky bum time at the moment. Mm. You know, you can't be dropping points. No. Um, seemed like they had the majority of the opportunities in the early going without too much joy. Yeah. So wolves weren't. You know, they yeah. weren't a threat. It's no. um. You know, the fact that it took Garnacho's goal mm. at the end of the match. You know, really to seal it. Yeah. There was still sort of you know anything could happen. Doesn't do justice of the fact that. United controlled the whole match. Yeah, it never really careful. looked like... I thought it was a pretty patient performance because, yeah. uh, as I said in the early going, it like, looked like there was plenty of opportunities and it. Sometimes teams can get a little bit frustrated mm. when perhaps you feel the scoreboard pressure even though there is none. But when you're under the pump, yeah. you know, they're, they're the times when you can concede goals and it can go very, very pear-shaped. That's right, that's right. But held on well and um, took away the... 2-0 victory, so an important win. Yeah, very important win. Just keep that uh, keep that distance and, and the pressure, obviously, equal on points with Newcastle. So for me, the um, my match of the round was Leeds and Newcastle. Yep. Now, this was an absolute ripper of a game. Um, you, you know, like uh, Leeds came out like a house on fire. They picked up the early goal, got a penalty. Yep. Um, Patrick Bamford had it saved. Um, I mean, if they go 2-0 up at that stage... I think they hold on. I think yep. they, they, they do the job. So it was a big save by uh, Nick Pope to um, prevent the penalty. But then Newcastle get in the other end, they get a penalty. Mm. And then later on they get another penalty and they were just really dominating through that, that sort of middle period of the match. And then 
Leeds were just throwing everything at him towards the end. It, you know, it was a real end-to-end physical game and uh, they were able to, to scrape one back, a deflected shot, and then... You know, it was basically from that point leads. I think we're happy, and Big Sam was happy to take the point yeah. and, and go with that. So it's a big point against Newcastle, but action-packed game. Yeah. Like a, it really was an action-packed game, which was uh, yeah, it was it was an enjoyable match to watch. Yeah. So, a- any other matches grabbed your attention? I mean, <sighs> mate. So the Champions League. Mm. Kicks off again uh, in the morning. So yep. Real Madrid and Man City are poised at one apiece, and Inter's got the Inter Milan's got the uh, the two goal advantage advantage against AC Milan. So you know, I would say Inter look likely to go through yep. with a two nil advantage. I mean, they play the return leg at the San Siro at the same stadium they played the first leg yep. because they share a stadium together. So there's home ground advantage doesn't really. No. Yeah, matter. Um, however, you know, the Real Madrid-Manchester City match is just, it's massive at the Etihad. Um, Madrid just have a habit of doing it, but I th- I can't help but think that they've run, that they've run its cause. Now, Man City are so clinical at the, mo- at the moment. You know, they're in such good form and they're going to be ready. They rested players on the weekend, still did the job easy. Yep. And they're going to be ready for this match, and I, you know, I can't see how Madrid get away with it. I, I really can't. I think, you know, I think the winner of that match wins the Champions League because Inter and Milan just aren't at their level. Mm. But um, yeah, unfortunately, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be likely that blue half of mm. Manchester that's going to uh, going to be going there, mate. But. Um, yeah, so it's uh, big matches, exciting times in the Champions League. It's a, such a cracking competition and, you know, it always brings excitement at this time. So, yeah, yeah mate. But finally, just one last thing I want to touch on, mate. Um, I don't know if you caught it in the in the uh, entertainment section. So the uh, we talked about Wrexham last week yeah, on yeah. the show in depth. Uh, however, the, the reality of professional sports has really hit home for the mighty Wrexham Football Club this week, mate. Yep. Promotion of the Football League. How good. Mm. Parties with their Hollywood owners in Vegas. Yeah, wow. Doesn't get better, does it? Unfortunately, for 11 players, that's going to be definitely the case because they've been released. (laughs) 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 Moving up to the Football League, 11 of the squad have been deemed surplus to requirements of the club who will be looking for more established League 2 players to... uh, continue their growth but uh look potty professional sports it's beautiful beautiful but it is unforgiving beast my friend it'll break your heart (laughs) i mean you hear about that and your first reaction is oh come on that is absolutely ruthless yes that's 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 how you get better professional sport and that's what i'd imagine most teams out there would do Given the opportunity. Absolutely. It's like teams that get promoted to the Premier League. Yep. What they do is they go, oh, thanks for getting us out of the championship. Um, now we're going to go and find better players because yep. we're in a better league. And if it was reversed, if Wrexham wasn't going up and some teams in a higher competition came and knocking for some Wrexham players, they'd be... They'd probably be off as well. They'd be off. 
So uh, yes, uh, big news in the football world, mate. It's coming up to the uh, up to the nitty gritty. Um, Arsenal, mate. We'll touch on it ever so briefly because we're gonna we're gonna rip right into it a bit later on. But um, the question out there was, have they bottled it? The title, and I got to say, I'd like to know what your opinion is on this, but I think they've bottled it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I think that they've um, look. You'd probably have to go back about six weeks ago now, and they lost um, or didn't get the win in two games they should have. I think one of them was West Ham. Mm. When they were up 2 0 after eight Liverpool minutes. as well. And Liverpool. So their record, recent record, is twelve points in the last seven games. Yeah. So you know, there's you can't do much more than that. Yeah. You know, they've 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 bottled it. Yeah. And, you know, people will say, Oh, and Arsenal fans especially, they'll go, Oh, well, it's been a good season because we haven't we weren't expecting that anyway. It's like, no, but you should have won the title. Yeah. The the position they were in. And as I said, I, I go back to that match. I think it was West Ham about six weeks ago where they were up 2-0 mm. and then a goal against the run of play and it just looked like they were scared. Yeah. It looked like they were panicking. And I, I mean, you, you look at Man City. I mean, they're just a well-oiled machine who have been there, done that. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I mean, Arsenal should have been, yeah. I mean, they, there's no team that has been in the position that they were. Yeah. In January, that has never won the league. That has not won the league. Sorry. If you're an Arsenal fan, you fear about the lasting scars that this may have on your team. Yeah, and and I mean, I was speaking to an Arsenal fan recently, and they sort of mentioned that yeah, but our squad was really light, which is a fair, you know, when when you're comparing it to Man City, absolutely. Yeah. There's that's a very good point. However. Can't overlook the fact that they recruited Jorginho and Trossard in January. Mm. Two very, very good signings. Yeah. You know, so yes, you were a bit light, but every team other than Chelsea is lighter than Man City. Mm. I mean, Chelsea have got three first team squads and they don't even know the names of them. But Man City have got quality across the board and they've got a lot of quality. Um, so that's it for the footy, mate. Um it's time for us to get right into the integrity report. Integrity. This is Democracy Manifest. Integrity report for this week, Potty. What do you got for us, mate? Mate, I'm thinking for integrity this week. We've we've got some big issues. Mm. But um, I'm just going to dip the toe in a little bit and talk to something that talked uh, to something that is uh, is quite serious. Um, the Paul Kent saga. You know, Paul Kent obviously comes up on our show. He's a quite a prominent media personality, but obviously there's um, you know the the issue that has occurred over the weekend. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about it. No. Um, but I think it's very very important to use an opportunity like this to basically reach out any victims of domestic violence. Don't hesitate to seek assistance. Even perpetrators of domestic violence who want to make a change, don't be afraid to seek assistance. Uh, 1-800-RESPECT is where to go. Um, obviously, no more on this, but, um, you know, I think 
DV is a massive issue in our society and regardless of, of what occurs and, and um, how it plays out, I think it's something that we here at the Sports Detention, sports detention need to, you know, take an advantage to, you know, try and advocate on, uh, on better outcomes for all parties when it comes to DV. Couldn't agree more. But in the more pressing issues, mate, for today, mm. gender reveals. Gender reveals? Gender reveals, What mate. are we talking about, Greg? <sighs> gender reveals, mate. Um, you know, I know that there's a lot of parents that go to great depths to provide an enjoyable and elaborate experience when revealing the gender of their children, mate. Were you a surprise couple, Potty, or were you a gender reveal couple when it came to your children, mate? Uh, we were gender reveal. Gender reveal. Okay, yeah. so we, we might, uh, yeah, might have differing opinions on this one. This is going to be exciting. Yeah. Um, can you give us a bit of an insight on what it looked like, the gender reveal, mate? Oh, so, no, my apologies. We didn't do a gender reveal. We just... We, you we, found out the gender. We found out yeah, the gender. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So I, I should have been, you know, more clear on that. So you didn't do a big reveal. No, you no, just no, basically, no. You, you knew the gender before the birth. That's right. Yeah, yeah I mean. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't what that's about, mate. No. Can I make that very clear for the <laughs> listeners? Okay, so Potty and I aren't going to reach over and start punching on in the middle of the podcast, okay? There's, there's not that type of vibe going on now. Okay. I've got some of my best and closest friends and people who I hold dear who have had gender reveals, mate. So it's, you know, I get that they have a place. However, there have been, when we talk about gender reveals, there have been some absolute shit shows that have popped up over the years. You know, um, and this all comes about, mate, this all comes about from a video, a viral video, um... You know, where some bloke who, you know, the young crowd that are listening to us would refer to as a TikToker. A TikToker. And we're, we're on TikTok too, we so are. I think technically we're TikTokers as well. I mean, what he's done, what this palooka's done is he's got the fuzz show up during the gender reveal to pretend to arrest him. So during the fake arrest... So there's a confrontation back and forward, and during the fake arrest, the police have revealed to a concerned wife who won't be winning an Academy Award anytime soon because she was clearly in on it, (laughs) that they were having a girl. Now, I'm going to put my sensible hat on here, buddy. I'll start with, mate. My issues go beyond my bias around gender reveals because I've made that pretty clear. I think they're stupid, even if some of my favourite people in the world... Have had them. It cuts deeper than that. Okay. My sensible side says that there were kids there. When you think about it, yeah. Like, kids don't need to be in any environment, even if it is for viral videos or whatnot, where there is such confrontation. Even if it is a joke. Yeah. You know they just don't get it. And also, too, my critical side says it wasn't even fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> If you want views, son, okay, get the DJ to drop pony and have yourself forced into a good old-fashioned magic mic scenario with the two cops rubbing their nightsticks on you before revealing that you're having a daughter. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) You know, 
When digging deeper into the gender reveal phenomenon, mate, I couldn't help but look at some of the, the most ridiculous ones that we've had. Okay, I've got some for you that I'll... In Brazil, mate, a couple has placed blue dye, obviously having a boy, into a naturally occurring waterfall to indicate the impending birth, gender being that of a boy. Unfortunately, the blue dye contaminated the source of water for a whole local community, mate. <laughs> oh. Oh. So you got your shot, you got your gender, you got your gender reveal, but um, you know you completely fucked the whole water source for the whole community. Yeah. But yeah, good on you, mate. <laughs> Probably cost people their livelihood. Well done, mate. Yes, another one, mate. This one is close to home: the Gold Coast, Australia. The GC. The GC. Even better, mate. It gets it doesn't get more Australian than this. A burnout in a Holden Commodore. Oh. The stuff dreams are made of, Potty. Unfortunately, though, the blue smoke from the exhaust was replaced with flames and black smoke from the car engine once it caught on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and the poor gentleman, after the video became viral, was here with an egg driving charge as well. <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't all good things. And uh, one more, mate. This one's from Texas in the US of A. We love our listeners over there in Texas. The old balloon dartboard trick. I've seen that in a few. Mm. It went astray, mate, in the great state of Texas. One unlucky guest of the party obtained a full dart embedded in their ankle. Whoa. <laughs> oh, cringing. Oh, so you've gone over there. You know, you've gone over to your mate's place for a little gender reveal, a slice of cake and a bit of cob loaf, and basically you're going home with a dart in your leg. <laughs> mate. Oh, only in America. Only in America. What do you got, mate? Mate, i got a couple. So uh, one gender reveal turned into WrestleMania. Oh, you got me interested in this. A father and his best mate staged a full wrestling match wearing one wearing blue and the other wearing pink. And obviously the winner of the match, the one that got the pin, the one, two, three, that would determine the gender. Yes. Tables were broken. There were chair shots. Oh, not hardcore match. Yeah, and you know what? It uh, could have been a bit of fun. But, um, you know, a bit of a hit and a miss considering children started to cry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a common theme with gender reveals. It's absolute traumatic for children who are there. That's right, that's right. Yes. And um, the final one, again, closer to home, Darius Boyd. Ah, oh, yes. So celebrating uh, celebrating with Broncos teammates with a baby reveal at the end of the last game of the season, kicking a football in the air that burst and revealed, I believe he was having a daughter. Yes. Considering they had just been beaten badly and won the club's first wooden spoon, Swing and a miss, Darius. Yeah, you got to read the room on that one. Um, so I can imagine the fanfare wasn't very uh, extensive with that one for old Darbs. No, the Broncos supporters that I have spoken to were not appreciative no, of it. I can imagine. Oh, well, mate. Um, so to wrap it up, integrity report, mate. Gender reveals, I'm off them. Um, you know, I just, I mean, if you want to know, just find out. Yeah. And bloody go home and have a macaroni pasta bake or something. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> all right, mate. So that does it for the Integrity Report. Uh, should we get into all sports, mate? Let's make
The bell has rung, and that's where we're going to start this week, mate. Boxing. What do you got for us, mate? Australia's got a new world champion. Woo! Jason Maloney. So he's had a, uh, a victory. He secured a majority decision victory. Mm-hmm. And he is now the WBO Bantamweight world title holder. Very good, mate. I'd, I'd heard about this fight. Um now he's got a twin brother, Andrew Maloney. Yeah. As well, yeah. So he's he's up for he's got a fight in two weeks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, I'd heard about the you know, I I didn't actually catch the fight live, looked at the highlights. Um now there was a bit of controversy around the decision and stuff I'd heard, but even the commentators were just you know, he he'd clearly won the fight. So yeah, a, a massive win too. Um and hopefully, you know, for Jason, I mean that just you know that gets the rub of the green, yeah, springs off. He's extends uh, his record to uh, twenty two and two. Yeah, uh, twenty six and two. Sorry, he's had two world title opportunities beforehand, came up short. So mm. he was the underdog in this one and got the win. Uh, Nineteen of his victories by uh, KO got booed after the win. So uh, yeah, so you know. so from what I hear, um, like in terms of looking at the commentary, and I I believe. Uh, who was the commentator there? Um, Tim Bradley. Yep. Tim Bradley was commentating on that, and he was absolutely – he couldn't believe the fact that they were booing him. He said it was pretty clear. It was a 1-14, 1-14, which was apparently, according to him, was bullshit. But, yep. you know, Maloney was a clear winner in that. Um, you know, stronger fighter throughout. You know, used the jab to keep him at distance. Um, yeah, so, I mean, a massive win. And he – the fighter, he fought. Yeah. Vincent Astrolabio. Now, Astrolabio. Now, if his name was Astrolabia, it'd almost be like a rocket fueled vagina. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and, oh, mate, that's, that's all I saw when I saw that. I was like, oh, crumbs. <laughs> Hold on a second. Uh, yes, but anyway. Um, Massive win for Jason and well done, uh, Jason. Obviously, uh, hopefully the rub of the green can go with Andrew and his fight coming up as well, and and the Aussies can bring it back. Nice little stint over there in the US of E. For sure. Um, sticking with boxing, mate. I've got to go with a bit of the uh, a bit more of the shit show. Uh, Arabella De Busso. Do Ooh, you know her? I remember that name. Ooh, mate, she's big in NRL circles. Uh, probably not for the best reasons. No, I don't think so. Uh, so former NRL wag, Arabella de Busso, um, she had a, a boxing bout over the weekend. So Arabella, um, obviously of relationship fame with Josh Reynolds, they had a bit of an issue there. Um, she was also on uh, SAS, the Australian yep. version. Uh, the card was titled Misfits Boxing and DAZN 007 Series. So it was headlined by KSI. Um, very famous YouTube streamer, Twitch internet personality. Um, he also co-owns the Prime Drink with Logan Paul. Yep. Um, and he fought boxer Joe Fournier, which ended in a brutal yet controversial knockout for KSI. Uh, sort of caught him. He was throwing a a, a short hook, um, but sort of 
come through and checked in with the elbow. Mm. Um, I'm still uncertain on whether that was protested and overturned, but the fight was awarded his way on the night, um, and I'd say they'd investigate that. But um, yeah, so that was the that was the main event for that. So it would have had a lot of eyes on the card. Um, however, Del Busso she beat Lil Kimchi. Little kimchi. Yeah, so that sounded like first when I saw that, I was like, "That's some sort of female vegan rapper." Little kimchi, little little cabbage, <laughs> um, or it's like she is Korean, so it's almost like a Korean version of Lil Kim. Ah, yes. Yeah, so a bit of play on words there. Um, so it has demonstrated that Del Busso has more talent um, throwing leather than she does photoshopping pregnancy scans or or training with the SAS. So indeed. I mean, she's got so she's onto something there. So the insults were flying prior to the fight. Kimchi, mate, kimchi. the cabbage. She uh, threw a fish at Del Busso. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If oh. They could have almost put together a culinary experience with kimchi <laughs> and fish, but um, yeah, that was during the weigh-in. Um, but Potty, as always, the beautiful thing with the fight game is they had the perfect forum to sort out their differences. They, they got did. in the ring and they knuckled on. Uh, Del Busso, mate, she was too big and made light work of her opponent. Um, so the big head turner was Del Busso's entrance. Yeah. Um, so she had matching trunks. She had the uh, the leopard print trunks and yeah. her entrance had her compared with the great Prince Nassim Hamed. Do you remember Prince Nassim? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mate, Sheffield's finest. What a boxer he was, mate. I mean... Sheffield has produced some cracking boxes. Johnny Nelson, Nassim Ahmed, Kel Brook, you know, some really, really good boxes are coming out of, out of Sheffield. But you don't often hear Prince Nassim's name up there with greatness, yep. you know. But, I mean, you look at the highlight reel of the Prince and that rivals Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was an absolute weapon back in the day. Admittedly, he couldn't drive responsibly, yep. you know, which resulted in him losing his MBE and uh, being spending 15 months in the clink for, um, you know, may, rendering someone permanently disabled. But, you know, when it came to his boxing career prior to his fall from grace, um, Prince Nassim was, I mean, he's a tremendous watch. And for any of our, our listeners out there who are unfamiliar with the work of Prince Nassim Ahmed, um, I encourage you to go and check it out. Uh, it is it is special. Um, in the other fights, mate, we went to the UFC. So uh, fight night on Rosenstruck versus Almeida. The card. So Almeida got the uh, submission victory there. Rosenstruck, big strong striker. Almeida, jiu-jitsu specialist. So got the fight at the ground. First round submission, rear naked choke, uh, which was no real surprise once he got it there. Um, you know, Rosenstruck was going to spend a lot of time defending the takedown and trying to avoid to go to the ground, but couldn't do that in the first round. And, yeah, the rest was history, mate. Um, co-main, Johnny Walker. Ooh. Not the Scotch. Not the Scotch. Not the Scotch. Um, he got a decision win over former title contender Anthony Smith. Um, you know, and recently Johnny Walker had a, had a tough run, a lot of injuries, but he's put together, you know, a really nice run of form, mate. Johnny Walker, well done. Keep walking. Keep walking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Carlos Allberg, mate, he's um, 
He's out of uh, out of the city kickboxing team in New Zealand. He had a big win, big knockout win. Ian Gary, um, they were both the highlights for me. Ian Gary, uh, upcoming welterweight fighter. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyable to watch. And, mate, in what would happen, would have to be an absolute first in fighting, was the battle. This is like an old-fashioned wrestling match. Matt the Immortal Brown defeated Court McGee by a knockout. Now, these are two veterans. However, surely, if you bring up the record books, this hasn't happened before. Both these fighters have been dead. Dead? So both fighters, if you look at their story, they were both former heroin addicts who at one time in their life had been pronounced legally dead before coming back and being revived. Yeah, well. And then they've ended up in the octagon and fighting in their final fight. So both of them would be looking at retirement now. They've been around the game for a long time, but surely go and check it out, guys. Jump on the research. Get the artificial intelligence onto it. Look deep. But I'm sure this is the first time two dead people have fought each other. <laughs> I'd have to think so. I mean, that's... um. Let us know if it's not. We yeah. want to hear it. Jump, jump on the socials. You know where to get us at Sports Detention, Instagram, Twitter, and obviously at TikTok because we're TikTokers. Yeah. Um, anything else around the world of sport that you've picked up on, mate? Mate, the golf, Jason Day, oh. back in the winner's circle. Mate, we are up in Jason Day territory uh, recently, weren't we? We were, we were. Up at um, the Corralbin Valley. Yep, yeah, uh, where he spent a lot of time honing his craft. Mm, I didn't get any of the rub on that, mate. No, I can no, tell I you, I played it. on Sunday and I was shit house. Yes, I'm pretty sure my standard was a little bit below what Jason was throwing out there. <laughs> but you know, we, yes. we had a go, didn't we? So he, he's picked up a, a, a one stroke victory over King C. Wu and. and oh, um, Kim C. And, um, and he's. Um, Earned his first PGA victory in five years. I yeah, mean, so it's been a bit of a wait for, yeah, uh, for Jason. So I think he won the major, the PGA Championship back in 2015, mm. and he's just been dogged by back injuries and trying to stay fit and trying to get back out on the course. And yeah. He had a solid performance the first two days at the major, but uh, at the Masters, but fell away. So it was a big win for him, but it, like even the interview after it, he sort of said, yeah, still got the fire in the belly. Yeah. Like, he's just sort of looking at that. He's at that sort of stage in his career. But he's like, nah, I'm going to keep grinding. I'm going to keep improving. And, you know, while he's still got the fire in the belly, hopefully, you know, you knuckle down, get a good luck and run with the injuries and there's success. Yeah, you could, can win some big tournaments. And, you know, maybe you have your weekend at a major one time. Mm. They pay all right, don't they? They do. Yeah, they those do. wins. Yeah, they pretty good. Do. Tell you Speaking what also pays well. all right. Yeah, let's uh, we've both double segued there. Dustin Johnson, mate, he took Dusty. home the live title in Tulsa. He beat out uh, Cam Smith and Brandon Grace. Um, that's his second title for yeah. live. Four million paycheck. So he joins Brooks Kepger and Taylor Gooch as two-time winners now. So four million, mate. That's not a bad weekend's work, is it? No, it's good. And I guess they're wrong. You don't only live once. <laughs> oh. Hey, hey. <laughs> In again. Okay, mate. So that's it for the for the sports. Um, yeah, look. If there's any any sports stories, any laughs, anything you want to shoot our way, guys, you know where to get us. At sports detention on the uh, on the socials, send it through to us. Uh, we're always very very receptive of of good laughs. Yeah, um, mate. We need to get into the multis. 
Well, getting into the Maltese. What I've have we got? I've gotten excited. I've gotten ahead of myself. You did get excited. I did. Toffees, 5-1 over Brighton, and I've gone and thought, to you, you know what, I'm cashing in here. Mate, you talked it up on the pod. Like you said, that was what you're going to do. And a, a man of your word, oh. you're a man of honour, yep. and, and you man, went in. And I'm a man of honour, but a bit light on the pocket this week yeah. because <laughs> zero from three. Let's and just say, Potty, there's a lot of men of honour over the years that have been decapitated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> William Wallace. <laughs> oh, so I played God. with my heart, not with my head. Not that playing with my head usually helps all that much either. City were too good, and let's be honest, they were always going to be. I don't know what I was thinking. So um, we've just talked about and discussed how you're a man of honour. Now, um, I wouldn't say dishonour. I'd say more a man of moron yeah. is me <laughs> because I saw you went in on City and I thought, oh, if Potty's going to get in on that and it comes up trumps, I'm going to be kicking myself if I'm not in on it. So I jumped in on it as well, but to caveat, I went with Arsenal as well, which oh. was – it was a double strike to the testicles. You know, I felt like Spencer Lanier at the end of the uh, of the multi. I got the United leg up, but, mate, I'm – I'm I'm sensing a feeling of hopelessness at the moment when it comes to my punting because I am so poor. Well, you, if nothing else, you've learned a lesson. <sighs> Don't look at what I do. I'm starting to realise why they put advertising on on all sporting matches to say don't gamble or yeah. gamble responsibly. Um, I can afford to lose it at this point in my life. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm teetering the lines of irresponsibility, mate, if I can't start getting a few wins. Oh, well, we'll have another go this week and, you know, tide's got to turn eventually. Yeah, I would suggest, look, I'm going to say to the punters that if I can't get some sort of return this week, then I will be the penis of the week next week. Well, here we go. Look, I'm going to put myself in. I'm going to put the pressure on myself and, um, yeah, I'm going to suggest that. If I don't get a win, I am the penis of the week next week. You're the bloke who goes to the casino and puts all these bets on the ones of the chockey wheel, aren't you, this week? Mate, I'd probably have more luck at the skill tester, to be <laughs> honest, the way I'm going. Oh. Speaking of penis of the week, mate, it, look, from the feedback that I'm getting, this is the this is people's favourite yep. penis of the week. They love it. They yep. love the penis. Yep, they love it. I mean, yeah, some... Love it more than others, but well, anyway, you, you know what I mean. What do you got? Penis of the week. I'm going to let you run with it here, mate. All right, mate. So here we go. People who try to put a modern spin on an old tale. So, so are you talking uh, like, you know, like Hollywood, like you know when they couldn't get Matt Damon to play Jason Bourne again yeah. and then they got Jeremy Renner to do it and it was shit? And so, they, <laughs> and so they went back to the well. So they them. brought Matt Damon back. Are you talking about that or is it is it a bit different? In my opinion, it is worse. Than oh, so. wow. Far out. Uh, Just hold on. I'm going to put my seatbelt on. An AFLW player has come out and her and her partner have announced that they are consciously uncoupling. What the fuck does that mean? So you're breaking up. <laughs> Now, th th this, this is not the first time this phrase has oh, been utilised. Famously utilised by Hollywood glamour couple, Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin. Just call it what it is. It's like when people say, I'm on a health journey to maximise my metabolism. Mm. Well, if we go back to Gwyneth, 
Gwyneth Paltrow. So if you're Gwyneth Paltrow and you're Chris Martin, I think, and I'll go back to the Bradman best sort of people thinking others are idiots. Like, I'm Gwyneth Paltrow, he's Chris Martin. We're very, very strong personalities. We're both very, very good at what we do. We don't get along anymore. People can understand that. Yep. You know, but going, oh, you know, we're consciously uncoupling. It's like, oh, spare us the bloody smooth over, yeah, would you? come on, just call it like it is, 100%. And I mean, a health journey to maximise your metabolism, mate. I mean, that's just, yeah. That's a diet. Yes. <laughs> and or if I'm... Well, that's like starving yourself, isn't it? So people, like one, once upon a time, they would call it, oh, you know, I'm a bit concerned they're not eating. Now they call it intermittent fasting. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Or when uh, someone takes a bit of time away from indulging in unhealthy habits to bolster their potential, means they're getting off the piss for a month because they made a goose of themselves. <laughs> they call it dry July. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's uh, true. Oh, far out, Anyone mate. who tries to put a modern spin on an old towel, you're a penis. Yeah. I get that. Like, it's, um, I'm reassessing some things. You mean you're having a good hard look at yourself? Or, <laughs> you know, another one, mate, is uh, we're looking for strategic investment. I mean, you've run out of fucking money. <laughs> God, no <cash laughs> well, I'm broke. <laughs> I'm looking for. I'm just looking for strategic investment. Oh, oh mate, that's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, it's more just jargon, mate, yep. and it's just more BS. But yes, if you if you you know. In, if you dabble in the uh, the modern spin, mate, you are a penis. I agree. Um, look, I've I've had to toss this one up. I mean, the easy one we've already covered it would be Arsenal Football Club. Mm. You know, being penis of the week just for the fact that they bottled the league. Yeah, you know they they've absolutely bottled it. Um, but that was really set in stone that was my penis of the week after the weekend until i decided to go to my local shopping center just duck down to pick up a few groceries Mate, essentials just going down to duck in for a few needs mm. so anyway i'm trying to pull into a car spot and some dickhead has left a trolley in the car oh, spot oh come on people who leave trolleys in car spots this one fires me up potty not only are you a penis, but you're a penis that can't get erect <laughs> because you're too lazy. <laughs> you want to get 10 heart, but you're like, oh, that's a lot of effort. Yeah. I mean, the trolley bays are there for a reason, you dickheads. Yes, it may mean you have to walk a, a little, you know, the car park may be empty. You might even have to know? cross to the other side oh, of the road. Mate. But it fills up eventually, ladies and gentlemen, that car park. And don't get me started on people with the whole there's a bloke who gets paid to collect these attitudes. Oh. Mate, that's like pissing yourself because your wife is planning on putting a load of clothes in the wash later on. <laughs> you know, it's you know, the bloke who collects the trolleys is tasked with taking the trolleys from the trolley bay back to the shops. Let's make that clear. Yeah. This really, really impacted me this week, and you can see it in my face. Oh, the spot, The spot that I want, the spot that I half pulled into, I had to slam on the brakes because there was a trolley in the way. 
If you don't put your trolley back in the trolley bay, you are a penis. Agreed. Well, Potty, we've done it, mate. We've nailed it. The Robert Allenby Studio, we've made it happen. The new system has just worked a treat. It's been a pleasure to do this with you, mate. You too, mate. Those of you out there listening, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for getting around us on the socials. We love you. We love your feedback. Absolutely, mate. And those of our listeners in Cessnock, home of the Goannas, we say good night. Good night. Thank you.